Forgotten Flicks, episode 122, Star Wars of the Rings, 1983. Where is this place? A forest near the Granite Mountains. Blast! A thousand miles off course. Well, I was rushed. There was a difference of opinion concerning a gooseberry pie. The man left it sitting on his windowsill. What did he expect? Perhaps he expected to eat it. For that rudeness, doubt. I think I'll turn him into a bat. Might teach you some manners to hang upside down for an hour or two. No, that's a recipe for hot fat sauce. Oh, well, it'll have to be a goose. Fat and ugly. Very fat, very ugly. From that, to see what I could have done to if I were a vengeful man. Hello and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast, the podcast that's remembering the movies. You, fortunately or unfortunately, grew up with. I am Joel, and I'm joined, as always, by my luscious life partner, at <laughs> least for the next six to eight episodes. <laughs> Jason! All right, I have a question for you. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I thought, uh, A, we've already covered Star Wars, and B, I refuse to cover Lord of the Rings, so I think I watched the wrong movie. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I did use the wrong title. I should have said Lord of the Star Wars. Wait, aren't we watching Krull? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's, wasn't that an alternative title with Star Wars of the Rings or Lord of the Star Wars, depending on your preference? I, I think you're absolutely and unequivocally wrong. Uh, this is um, uh, Beastmaster Star Wars. Uh, so Beast Wars? Uh, wasn't that a Transformers thing? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Beastmaster Dark Crystal. Oh, Beast Crystal. Beast Crystal. I think that's what this the, the first title. Or, or or Dark Master? Crystal? Ooh, Cry- ooh, oh. Dark Master. Yeah. Crystal Master? Crystal Meth? Well, Maybe? Yeah, well, what do you think gets me through the show? So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, we are, of course, doing Crawl. I, I wasn't trying to be snarky with that opening, I swear. So... <laughs> We'll get d- down uh, deep and dirty, dirty on this one, but I do want to address one thing before we get too far into this. The opening, the intro, you you heard, was it Ergo as an ergonomic? Ergo the yes. Magnificent? Yes. Ergo the Magnificent. And unfortunately, I didn't get the soundbite that I wanted, but the one I did get, uh, did you, do you realize the actor, Ergo, what he is known for? Uh, other than this, yes, that I that other phrase that I knew him for. I'm sure he's been another thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. He was probably a stage actor and or uh, did some other things, but no, I he he seemed very familiar to me. Yeah, uh, but I didn't uh, put any connection together. Even looking him up, but there wasn't anything that stood out um, that I had seen recently. Yes, his name is David Batley, and obviously. Despite that accent, which we both know you and I could do way better, <laughs> he is a actor of British descent. 
And I couldn't tell, by the way, he says gooseberry pie. Gooseberry, yes. And, gooseberry and, 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 pie. And interestingly, he was going through puberty during this movie. I, I, <laughs> yes, his voice did crack. <laughs> it's time to change. Good luck getting that out of your head. So, yes, this. let's see if you catch this. This is, uh, this is a, a, a hint as to who he was in my head, anyway. We have here nitric acid, glycerine, and a special mixture of my own. Together, it's horrible, dangerous stuff blows you up. But mixed together in the right way, as only I know how, what do you think it makes? I don't know, sir. Of course you don't know. You don't know because only I know. If you knew and I didn't know, then you'd be teaching me instead of me teaching you. And for a student to teach his teacher, it's presumptuous and rude. Do I make myself clear? Yes, sir. Good. He is, in fact, the, <laughs> the science-slash-math teacher? Because I was, I guess Charlie was Charlie in elementary school. I, I don't know. It's William Wonka in the in the Chocolate Factory. If you didn't know, my God, help you if you didn't know. <laughs> For some reason, I always thought Charlie was in a orphanage. Yeah, he wasn't. But I always thought of him as being middle, like sixth grade, <laughs> which I guess yeah. technically would have probably been at that time. And it was kind of a nebulous world that he lived in i don't even know really weird yeah, yeah. I, I, it was really weird but no i didn't recognize him from that yeah but i wanted to say it the, the sound bite sounds very very familiar yeah but and i really wanted the one where he's doing the math problem and he asked charlie how many wonka bars he's gone through and charlie goes two and he goes okay so you bought 200 wonka. no no just two sir two <laughs> Well, how can I do anything with two? So let's just say, for the purposes of this, 200. I love the idea that the guy can't do it unless it's 200. Unless it's excessive. Oh, that's great. Uh, lovely. Uh, so I'd like to point out also, uh, sadly, uh, Mr. Batley is no longer with us. Uh, passed away at the age of 67, uh, also in London, and uh, just, um, let's see here, it was 2007, I want to say. 2003. I, yeah, thought, I thought I felt a disturbance in the force. Yeah, back in so, 2003. It's gone. Did you yeah. feel a little goose? I, I, well, I felt goose today, Jason. <laughs> we, we may get, we may have time for that story. We'll see how it this may. conversation it goes. <laughs> so, yes. Would you like to proceed with the trailer for yes. Star Crawl? I mean, Lord of the Star, <laughs> crawl, Dark Cross, Beast, Crawl, 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 great kingdom was ravaged by beings who came from the future to conquer the universe. Now, the only survivors follow a doubtful seer and a throneless king. They will hold her in the Black Fortress. You must have help. Thieves, bandits, fighters and brawlers Desperate men Those are the kind of men I need Well, you heard him We are now an army <laughs> At the end of an impossible journey They must fight an invincible enemy Here's the knowledge you seek I shall be your king In the fortress, you will face more than the slayers what is about to happen to them could never have happened on Earth. Columbia Pictures presents a world apart from anything you have seen before. Crawl. 
The following segment of Forgotten Flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that, if you have not yet seen it, may ruin your viewing experience. So if you plan to see this film, please consider resuming the episode only after you've viewed the film, which you can find at your local video rental store. We now return you to Forgotten Flicks, already in progress. No, but you know where it could have happened? Mordor. <laughs> it's unlike anything you've ever seen before. Unless, of course, you've seen any sci-fi fantasy films in the last 15 to 20 years. Wait a second, wait a second. The kingdom was ravaged? Yeah, I know. Yeah, hello! <laughs> and and, and de- these are desperate men. Those are the kind of men I need. Hey, hey Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know what movie you watched. <laughs> gave, a, gave, gave new meaning to the eye of sauron <laughs> if you oh. Know. oh i really don't you even know cra- you crack you up i do i do you totally crack you up i do so let's talk for a second why we chose this movie yeah uh, why did you choose this one jason why didn't we i i chose this movie uh this is one of those that uh, lived on the fringes of my memory hmm. from when i was a kid and i remember having seen it many many times but it's one of those that you know you and i have talked about many times mm-hmm. films that are forgotten by us not necessarily just, you know, maybe they're not mainstream, but just things like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about that movie. I used to love that movie, or at least I have memories of loving that <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, and so we've done that a lot. And this is one of those for me that I have those sense memories of the movie. Uh, I remember enjoying it as a kid. I remember there being parts that I wouldn't say scared me, not like a, a horror movie or supernatural thing, but disturbed me. Yeah, that was I remember. what I remembered about this movie is from being a um, kid. But it's one that I've always wanted to cover. And so... You and I have talked about it for a while, and uh, what we then we couldn't find it anywhere, and then we had someone well, I, I very, think, very awesome. Yes, <laughs> we definitely need to give our give our shout out to the reason why we're even doing this movie. Yes, absolutely. So uh, to our best boy Peter, uh, who actually found and gave us copies, and uh, so I physically own Crawl now, um, and uh, so that's why we got it. As do I, and, and I still as do I, and I still like Peter, and. <laughs> I'd like to point out that best boy, of course, is a uh, term that we use very, very, very selectively because it is, in fact, right. an electrician on a movie set or at least right. works Ellison, with the electricians. Uh, we, we could have called him a key grip or a gaffer or a gaffer, but he's not. He is a best boy. Yeah, he's definitely with the electrical department. Uh, he, maybe play, he plays with wires. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Peter. Um, yes. So it's one that I have not seen in... A good many years. And I say that, like, I don't remember the last time I saw it, but I'm going to guess it's been somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 years. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm at least that, if not more. I would say I haven't seen it in a glaive's age. (laughs) (laughs) That's how long it's been since I've seen it. At least that long. Okay. So, uh, do you want me to synopsize it? Oh, please do, because I will be so impressed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if, if I can do if it. You're, if you're doing it without reading a combo Star Wars slash Lord of the Rings synopsis. No, I'm, I'm not reading okay. anything. I'm not reading anything. Okay. Because I do want to, I have lots and lots of notes. I do want to talk about this. So um, so this is a, directed by Peter Yates, um, which you mentioned you knew or you, you knew some of his other movies. Yeah. I didn't recognize a whole lot of other ones. Bullet, uh, I recognize man. Steve McQueen. As Bullet. Yeah. Bu- bullet. I recognize him. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. I Obviously, I know of Bullet. I know yeah. Steve McQueen, but I have not seen that movie. Um, there are a couple of others on there. I recognize the titles, but yeah. none of them I 
I personally have um, spent any time with or watched. But yeah. so it's generally it's a, as we mentioned, kind of a sci fi fantasy movie. And it starts off with a prince and princess who are coming together to get married to uh, unify two kingdoms to fight against what is a spaceship castle that has landed on their planet yeah. and is taking S- over. Side, right? no- side note, uh, memo to Mr. Lucas, the opening shot of this movie, <laughs> minus the rebel cruiser being shot at, is almost like a reverse verbatim shot from the opening of, of Star Wars. But that's okay. We'll continue. No, I think there's a lot of movies that play off that same shot because it just kind of follows it, it, the, it the length of it. It opens with a giant spaceship coming into the frame slowly towards it goes towards a planet. The only difference was there was nothing exciting happened, like shooting at a rebel cruiser. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the the big ship lands uh, on the planet, and it's also a castle, and these uh, kind of demon um, or alien armies come out and start taking over the planet. Well, what happens is the princess is uh, then kidnapped and taken into that dark castle, uh, and the prince, uh, one Colwyn. Was that his name? Uh, is that how you pronounce it? Colwyn. C O L W I N, uh, which I'll be fair and honest, I did find very difficult. Uh, it's it's a different name, odd name, and it was weird even as anyone yelled his name. You know what I mean? Yeah, cold just, wind. Yeah, it was just like odd. A cold wind. Are you? What do you? Right. <laughs> so, uh, and the princess, uh, her name was Lissa, which. It, it coolly enough, her real name was Lisette, almost spelled the same. FYI, so her did nickname, you did you look up any of her other movies? Uh-uh. I'll, oh. I'll, 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 re, I'll, I'll reserve that for the middle of the show. Okay, yeah, save if it. If there's a lull, I'll just go, look just up with Seth Anthony okay. and save me. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, um, so she looked, uh, so anyway, no, so she's the princess and uh, she was kidnapped. And it feels, a lot of this beginning movie feels like very medieval-ish. Mm-hmm. with kind of uh, sci-fi elements in it. Um, and then the rest of the movie is Colwyn uh, trying to get to Lissa to this castle mm-hmm. uh, and save her. Now, two side notes to it. One, the castle every morning, every sunrise, disappears and reappears somewhere else on the planet. I hate could it when a, that happens. Could Ugh. be on a mountaintop, could be in a desert, could be in the ocean. Uh, nobody knows, or so we think. Uh, so he has to get to it and find it. Uh, the other thing is what lives in the castle and commands all these forces of darkness is the beast. Uh, and the beast uh, is you know, what is keeping Lissa captive mm-hmm. And wants to marry her for some weird reason we haven't really discovered yet. Uh, and so Colwyn is trying to get to her to rescue her. Now, the uh, I'll leave it at that for a synopsis. Other than one more thing, he does find kind of a merry band of men along the way who uh, help him get to the castle. But the one thing that I had to point out, which is a, a big part of the sense memory for me, is the glaive. Yes. The V, I believe the glaive, so. which yeah. sounds a lot like to uh, to me to the Princess Bride uh, when um, uh, Wesley is dead and they they uh, Billy Crystal's character Miracle Max presses on his chest and he breathes out 
And he says, what, what do you got with living for? What's so important? And he says, true love. And then C- Billy Crystal says, no, clearly he says, to blave, which <laughs> to we all mean, no, means to bluff, which means he was playing poker. Ha-ha. And so, <laughs> Actually pretty good. So anytime I hear the glaive. Yeah, yeah. to blave. <laughs> Right. So as a child, I must have had a dozen or so glaives made out of various sundries in my yard and or schoolroom uh, because that yes. was the notebook an, paper glaze. That is a it classic. was an nth degree cooler than a Chinese throwing star, which was another thing. Also that I guess, made out of notebook paper. Yes, uh, which you could kill someone with. We all swore. Uh, yep. So this was like the coolest throwing blade spinning thing in the history of forever. Unless you got it wet. And not so cool <laughs> it, anymore. It was just a wet paper pie in the face. But <laughs> um, so this was a weapon he found at the beginning of his quest and comes into play later. But I wanted to point out it's this kind of five pointed, you know, Chinese star with blades on it, funky looking thing that was super awesome. So. Yes. That's I, kind of the core of it. I don't think I missed any main. I think you I, got though. I think other than the fact that the. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when she's kidnapped, it's actually at the ceremonial wedding and both of their father, both the kings are killed, thus making Cole That's win the new king. Cool win. Yeah. Cool win. Cool, cool, cool. This is a mad, this thing is ripe for mad parody. I, I don't think they ever it did it, but yeah, cool whip. Yeah, would cool be, whip. You'd be cool whip. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it, That's right. And so he is now the king. Uh, because both other kings are dead, so yes. And do uh, just uh, uh, I don't. Do you have anything uh, on there about the cinematographer? Are you? Did you want to touch on that at all, or have you? Oh no, I didn't write that down. Okay. First off, a love the guy's name, Peter. I hope I'm saying this right. Sushitsky. Sushitsky. S u s c h i t z k y. Sushitsky. Okay. Sushitsky. The movie he did before this as a DP, Empire Strikes Back. What? Uh, yep. Wow. Yep. So, and it, visually, this movie was beautiful. I mean, that's that's my primary uh, positive note is that wow. it, it was a very good looking movie. He actually going back, he did Rocky Horror Picture Show, and then moving forward, I mean, he did, he's worked with David Cronenberg quite a bit. He did Dead Ringers, which I said Jeremy Iron. Oh, Iron's in it. Loved. Uh, yeah, Naked Lunch, which is another. Movie with, that uh, Cronenberg did. Some, he's got some decent chops on here. Yeah, and yeah, most recently he did After Earth. Yeah, Crash. And and by the way, Crash is in the David Cronenberg movie, not that godforsaken the heavy preach handed. fest. Yeah, no. Mars <laughs> Mars Attack. Mars Attack. Yeah, Mars Attacks was great. Yeah. yeah, Existence, which is another Cronenberg. Wow. Spider, same. He does history of violence. Eastern Promises are all Cronenberg. Very dangerous, good. Dangerous methods. All those. Yeah. Cool. So, 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 good. yeah, so there's that. And then, um, the one other one I wanted to point out, which I, I didn't know before I watched the movie, but I caught it in the opening trailer. Uh, I mean the opening uh, credits, um, to the movie is James Horner. Yeah. Actually the, the music. Yep. Um, so, uh, there's uh, a lot of names. I was surprised, uh, at some of the names in this. So, well, considering we'll how much money the they spent on it, I, uh, so tell me that story a little bit before we get into talking about how much, um, uh, uh, how much we liked or disliked or any of that stuff. You, you'd mentioned this before. Tell me about how much this costs. Cause I did not look it up. Okay. As I understood it, this okay. movie cost around, I want to say they said about 
40 to 50 million? Okay, because in IMDb, it's mm-hmm. estimated 27 million in 1983 dollars. Okay, well, see, that's odd because uh, hold on, let me let me see where let me let me check my other other resource, also known as Wikipedia. Uh, the other one is Box Office Guru. That's another good one. Okay. Um, box Office Guru. I love that we're sitting here looking crap up that people could just look uh-huh. up for themselves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, okay, forty-five to fifty million dollar budget, according to Wikipedia. Really? Yeah, and actually, I know people like to joke, "Oh, Wikipedia, you can trust them." Actually, Wikipedia is constantly rechecked and unchecked and 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 verified by you know eighty-three gajillion people that have got to go in there and yo, this is not accurate. You need to update this. Yeah, yes, yes. But and, they, and, yeah. and according to this, the box office was sixteen point five million. Hi, Dios mío. Yeah. Okay. Um, Forty to fifty, you said. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what percentage it made back? One thirty percent. It made thirty percent of its cost. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you have a handy dandy <laughs> inflation calculator in front of you, but just to put it in perspective, mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty-three dollars. Let's just let's be fair and say it was thirty-five million. Let's just say, okay, so you're going on the low end. I got you. Yeah, because, you know, if we split the difference with Wachamaduli. All right, so, sure. so we're going to go with 30. God, a lot of zeros. Okay, so 35 <laughs> million. Let me make sure I got all my zeros there. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. And now in that would be like today they spent, let's see here, calculate, $83.75 million. So we could almost say it's a $100 million movie. Yeah, basically. Yeah, because, you know, it's close. Let's which which spent- $100 million back then was a lot of moolah. Yeah, well, now it's still a lot for a movie. Yeah. And it's so, still a good top-tier movie. It would be like said 83 to $100 million movie making 39 mm. Now, <laughs> if, we, if we stick with the, the $50 million amount, if we go that route, let's say we go on the high end, because we both know how... Uh, Hollywood what, loves million? to fudge. That's like 120 mil. Yep. And they only made. Oh, oh, I just did that math in my head. You're good. You're <laughs> damn good. Yeah. 120 million dollars. Cumulative movie. rate of inflation, 139.3%. Ooh. From 83 right. to now. Gotcha. So uh, did not make back half. It made back less than half of its. Oh, of yeah. Itself. It made back basically a third ish. So here's a little, a little here, more than a third. Here's the question. What came out in the summer of 1983? Uh, Jedi. So do you think that had anything to do with this? Oh, sure. Well, this was released in... This would be a direct competition with that. Well, yeah, because United States, July. They opened this up against Return of the Jedi. (laughs) Yes, that's what I mean. Did Jedi come out in May? Like, like, uh, did all the early Star Wars... I know the first one did. That's always the big thing. Did they all come out around May? I don't remember. Yeah, I can look that up. You're the date savant. I want to <laughs> savant. I I I, I think I want to say it probably was. I you know that was always the big deal was that they oh all the guys everybody was all in, you know panties in a wad because the new Star Wars movie is not coming out till December. It's like it's supposed to be May. Right, right. And everybody got uh, all... yeah. Jedi came out in um, June. Really? No, no, no. Sorry, May twenty fifth. It was May. Twenty fifth. Yeah. Yep, May twenty second is the original. Original Star Opening Wars. Opening weekend was May 2nd, 
uh, for now. Wait, uh, wait, get this, dude. According to Wikipedia, the budget of freaking Jedi was thirty two point five million. So it was almost the same. No, it was, it was less. The they said forty five to fifty. Actually, it said it in IMDb. It says twenty seven for uh, uh, crawl. Okay, so but even if let's we, call them equal. Let's well, call them equal. I'd be curious to see what IMDb says about Jedi, see if it's remotely close. But ready for what Jedi made? $475 million. Holy crap. Are you serious? Uh, half a billion bucks. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. All right. So it didn't hit the it didn't hit the numbers. So let's talk about the movie. I'm not gonna hold this in. Because I started watching this, yes. and it was – I remember watching this in my living room at my old house when I was a little kid, and I remember watching it and wanting to have one of those glaives, and uh, I remember the scene with the Cyclops. Yep. I remember um, uh, the old man. I don't remember his name now, the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi character. The Sears? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, the other no. guy. Yeah. The other guy that was his mentor that kind of shows up because they even called him the old one in the beginning when yeah. he first shows up. Yep. The old one. And I'm like, did he just say Obi-Wan? <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember him. I remember the, the beast, uh, in the end, I remember, um, uh, all of those. And so I'm sitting down to watch this and I'm just like, please God, please God, please God, please God, please don't let this suck. Please, please, please don't let this suck. And, it didn't. <laughs> it absolutely didn't. And I know you're going to disagree with me. Why would you I, think that, Jason? <laughs> because I was surprised. I really, really liked this movie watching it again. Okay. Now, I, 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 say, I say before we go any further down this rabbit hole, because to be fair, you technically don't know. You don't know. I could be totally bluffing. I don't. You could be bluffing. You could be playing it off. Yeah, I, but I but before we get into what, what I'll, I'll say, what I quote unquote think, because that's debatable. Towards the end of our program, that way we have a little bit of a tease since you blew your wad <laughs> no! all over the front end of this no! thing. No, no. <laughs> so, so I say we let's go down the monkey trail, as it were. And you said you had no copious notes. I had copious notes, and obviously my first keynote, besides a couple of the, uh, I wouldn't call them cameos because that implies they were already famous and they weren't, but small bit parts played by future stars other than that and the opening shot being almost even compositionally the same opening shot from star wars i call that bullshit well okay go back and watch it it's literally <laughs> coming in the opposite side of the screen in the exact <laughs> same pattern any opening scene with a Re- big name one other movie spaceship? name one other movie that opens no, with, any name one other movie that opens with a giant elongated phallic like ship <laughs> Entering the frame, entering the frame from the side in slow motion like that. Spaceballs. It's baseball just goofing (laughs) on Star Wars. (laughs) That doesn't count. Um, uh, Starship Troopers. Does not open to the same exact shot. It's almost, yes. I'm not talking about a spaceship. I'm not talking about a spaceship entering. I'm not talking about a spaceship entering. This frame. Oh, I have I'm to do research about, on it. I have to look it up. Okay. Because I'm telling you, if my... you go and watch the opening shot to what the kids today call a new hope to Star Wars, and you <laughs> watch this, the only difference, <laughs> the, here's the only differences. One, again, looks like, you know, a, a rocky castle, and the other one is obviously an Imperial starship. So, the, but the Imperial one is coming on the right hand side, kind of from the top right hand side. 
the one in this one's coming from like the left. So it's like almost like opposite sides. And in Star Wars, they're shooting at someone and thus you're immediately pulled in. Whereas this one just sort of really slowly. Oh, and that doesn't count as uh, it, it, it being different? Yeah, you're right. They took all the exciting, cool crap that made the opening shot in Star Wars pull you in and removed it because they figured, what? hey, who I hook these a-holes? They've seen this a thousand times before. <laughs> they know what they're getting. Uh. So Star Wars, uh, I guess the thing about it is, dude, they sword fight. And like they couldn't, they knew they'd get sued. Like there was no doubt they would get sued if they actually gave them lightsabers. So rather than giving them lightsabers they have it to where whenever their their swords clank for no explicable reason create this sort of plasma burst it doesn't matter who they're fighting i mean they're fighting with metal swords i sparks okay whatever but yeah but i took it as because you're talking about the weapons that the aliens have right no i'm talking about when the humans are fighting the aliens the aliens have these weapons Uh uh-huh on one end of them shoot these yeah, they're laser like, blast. Yeah, like a blaster. Okay. Yes, and then the other side is a weapon. I took it like it's a like it's a one shot musket. It's got a bayonet. It shoots one shot, and then they flip it around. It turns into a sword, and they go but fighting. Why them. were the well? I'm call them human. The Krolians. Why were the Krolians? Why were their swords doing the same thing? They weren't. Yeah, they were. No, I'm pretty sure if you go back, you watch their swords, they glow the same way. They like when they'd hit, it would get like that little. Oh, well, yeah, I did. Well, and first of all, this whole thing feels like it's in a I don't want to call it a sci fi world. Like it's like a sci fi. It's at, like a real sci fi fantasy hybrid. It, it is. I took it more like this is a it's not like Star Wars. The trilogy there is all I assume all of that is technology that exists in another galaxy in a, you know, somewhere else, but it's based on the same physics, the same, you know, types of things we have here, but maybe way more advanced. This, I took much more of a blend of technology and magic. Mm-hmm. Um, that this wasn't technology. It, it wasn't just that it could have been laser guns. Why didn't they just have lightsabers? It was more of a, it was part magic, part technology kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's my answer. <laughs> we'll go with that. So, all right. So my turn. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to point this out because I was very excited and <laughs> I already put it up on the Facebook page. So if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen it. But uh, in the opening, one of the opening scenes after the ship lands, the castle lands, uh, the scene is of the inside of uh, Lissa I assume it's it's Lissa's castle, right? Because Colwyn and his dad are coming from their yeah, kingdom. It's her, yeah, it's her, well, it's her yeah. it's her king dad's castle. Right, she, it's her dad's castle. She, right, she's under his roof. Right, her. It's <laughs> clearly, yeah. um, and she's walking through, and they show these guards, right? They mm-hmm. show these uh, uh, like imperial guards. They're you know standing there at attention at different points throughout the castle. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, that looks really familiar. Like their outfits look very very familiar. They're kind of a uh, burgundy red um, with this face shield that's kind of at an angle. I'm like, that looks. Re- I've seen. Oh my god, that's out of the end part of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, no way. So I took a picture of it with my phone just to remember that point, a picture of that scene. And then later I looked it up at the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he goes to the big Warner Brothers lot and he sneaks in behind Milton Burl and he kind of starts walking down and he's seeing all these people in costumes. He stops and asks someone for directions. Mm-hmm. It's this garrison of like four of these guys in these spacesuits 
Um, and remember, he flips his his helmet up and he talks in a really high pitched voice. Mm-hmm. And then he asks this like Vegas looking showgirl and she speaks in this deep manly voice and they, they kind of point him in the direction of the set. Those spaceship guys are the exact same costume. So here's my, here's the question I had about that. (laughs) Who did Warner brothers put crawl out? I don't know. And that's what I was going to ask if you knew. Well, I'm I'm cheating now and checking to see Oh, Columbia. There was a Columbia pictures because here's my thought. Now, they're of course making it appear this backlot would have every like they've got obviously a Godzilla movie being shot there. Well, that's Toho yeah, Studios, got Cowboys, and they've got yeah, yeah, they've got, yeah they're, all they're stuff, trying yeah. to cover the whole gamut. And and yeah, not that I'm saying that Pee Wee's Big Adventure wasn't accurate in any way, shape, or form. I wouldn't want to imply it. Yes, dare we heresy, say. heresy. <laughs> but here's the thing: I was thinking if it was in fact a Warner Brothers movie, would they really want to within a year and a half later? Because they would have shot Pee-wee's Big Adventure in 84 so that it came out in 85. That movie came out in 83 and tanked horribly. I'm thinking Warner Brothers probably wouldn't wanted to wouldn't want to emphasize it that much. So now that I see that it's Columbia Pictures that did it, then that makes a lot more sense. Though I still don't understand. Why? Was Columbia and Warner Brothers together? No. But what, what they probably did is they just rented those because you can... All those costumes. I mean, you, you know that from what was that uh, Hollywood Treasures? Remember that show? And they would go to the the rental houses with costumes. A lot of times, even costumes oh, yeah. that were for a specific movie, you could go yeah, back yeah. and rent. That's why oftentimes, if you really pay attention to maybe like a low budget Corman movie or some of the yeah, things yeah. that came out at a certain time, some other films, yeah, very yeah. similar style yeah. that would modify it, just tweak it a little bit, but it's basically the same. Gotcha. So yeah, so that makes me. They think. just rented these. Now, I'd like to point out they were in no less than like five shots. It was, it was a lot. It was so (laughs) now being that Tim Burton made big adventure. I could see him being a fan of that, of crawl. Yeah. Yeah. And then wanting to make some reference to it. That could have happened too. Yeah. Um, okay. So on the same costume note, can I make one more? Cause I was, it's related to those Imperial guard costumes because between the Imperial guard costumes and, uh, the, I don't. What, what would you call them? The bad guys. The the slayers. I wish I kept oh, throwing. Oh, slayers. Because like right. all I'd hear is uh, da 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 da. The Buffy the Vampire Slayer theme every time they said that. <laughs> Get yes. the Slayer. Slayers. Okay, so pay attention to the Slayers costumes and the Imperial Guard costume. Uh, yeah. How did either of those actually fight anything? Yeah. Because the, the slayers had these, like, they look like the, the cones you put on your dog when you get back from the vet to keep them from chewing on their leg. Yeah. They're like these black cones coming around and they could barely move. By the and way, the dogs that have guards, those love it when you point at them and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a dog actually have shame. Like you want to see its poor little face go into a shame. Just do that. And by the that's way, the, there's a special the place in hell if you actually do that. <laughs> well, then I'll see you there, my friend. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, they seem very, very impractical, at least when Colwyn and his guys, you know, the band of merry men, when they're fighting, at least they're in, uh, you know, relatively loose fitting, easy to fight. Yeah, kind a very, of a very, yeah, very Errol Flynnish type garb. Yes. And, and they don't have giant headgear on. Right. And so both of the uh, uh, Slayers and the Imperial Guard just had these ridiculous. Now, I understand why movies do that, because they they give it a certain look and feel. Sure. Uh, Doesn't and, have to be practical. Right, a certain tone, but it just felt ridiculous, especially in the beginning of the movie when the Slayers attack the castle and the guards are supposed to be protecting. Um, it just it just seemed a bit ridiculous. So, well, and, and 
the other thing I had a question about regarding the Slayers, what was up with the Night of the Creeps thing? Where, Ooh, that big slug coming out yeah, of Yeah, they would head. shoot him in their head, and which, by the way, I forgot completely about him. Like, damn, that's gross. Yes, that was pretty awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, like, look, uh, even though you have no idea how I feel, there are certain elements of this movie I actually really enjoyed. That was one of them, because I just, A, for completely forgot about it, and B, yeah. it was, like, surprisingly gross. It yes, was, it was well, it was well done in the, from the effects perspective that it looked gross real like that's what made it look yeah. gro- feel gross very organic look- yes very juicy <laughs> yeah yeah it was juicy. juicy that's a good way to put it juicy <laughs> with some kind of bloody tendrils attached yes. to it uh yeah so they came out all right so your turn okay <laughs> oh god where do i begin okay i have a question regarding the prophecy you know the thing that starts the movie and ends the movie Yes, that uh, a king would rule mm-hmm. the planet and save it, and then their offspring would rule the galaxy. Yeah, king would marry the special queen, and they would, yeah. Yep. Special a- queen. A- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they would rule the galaxy. Okay. No, no. They ruled the planet. Yeah, then their, their offspring. And their offspring or uh-huh. their son or whatever would rule the galaxy. Yeah. How exactly are you going to do that? Uh, with imperial forces? Yeah, well, <laughs> they have the forces. I'll give you forces. Yeah, how are they going to do that? Well, how how would their offspring do that? Because I checked, these uh, a-holes are on horseback and have no technology (laughs) when it comes to transportation Um, at all. They do now. They just defeated that whole castle thing. So all of those aliens. A people that use, so basically that are still in the Iron Age, that are using swords and horses. Yes. Are going to figure out how to make a, a Castle Grayskull go back up in the air. That's what you would have me believe. And then we'll dominate the galaxy with it in a generation. Yes. Mm-hmm. It will rule the galaxy. Well, you don't know if some other ship's going to come in I, in that time. I actually think this is what they meant. Their, their offspring, I'll just assume it's a son, kind of like Jack the Ripper style. You know, the theory is Jack the Ripper was actually part of the royal family or whatever. Right, Basically, right. was just completely crazier than just a just nutty nutball McGee, Okay. <laughs> And he would walk around, crawl, saying, I'm the of the galaxy. Me, me. Who says I'm not? And then, like, he would challenge people. And, and then, of course, he has, like, all his yes men around him, a la George Lucas. And as soon as they hand him something to, like, fight the guy, he doesn't notice as one of his guys come up and, like, stabs the person he's about to duel in the back. And so the guy's already all, basically going to die. He turns around and goes, ha ha! And he stabs him and the guy just goes, I knew it. I am the ruler of the galaxy. And he wanders off. Nice. That's my theory. <laughs> totally just made that up, by the way. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, good. That's my theory. I'm sticking to it. That's it. No, I understood what they meant it to be is just that this was the beginning of a of a giant dynasty. Okay, so say generations later, eons later, their sound is good. Then yeah, their kid, by the way, in like twenty five years, is going to somehow figure out how to do uh, interstellar travel and take over the galaxy. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> right, with the turn. glaive. Oh wait, no, not with that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, yeah. no, wait, as he's walking around telling everybody he runs the galaxy, he has notebook glaives that he made. Yes, he has, he has notebook paper. Do not make me use my my trapper keeper glaive. <laughs> oh God. Score for using the trapper keeper reference, my friend. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a Velcro sound effect. Yes. <laughs> 
Were you like me? Every time you bought one of those at the beginning of the year and then you get into school and the teacher's like, you can't use that. You need this, this, and this three ring binder. No, I, just, I always remember I never had the cool, the cool one that I wanted. Really? Yeah, I always felt like I must have. I think I, my memory is I always got the solid color ones. And like the kid next to me would have like the awesome one that had like the high top person riding a bike and it was all neon colors and crap oh dude i had like the surfer <laughs> yeah or... the surfer ones i don't think i ever yeah. got that. i think i had a five actually still think i have it i have to bring it show it to you i had yeah. I was digging through most of i had like a single folder this is trapper keeper on it that has like that kind of background to it Fake. what's that <laughs> you got the kmart trapper keeper i bought you? yeah oh were you that kid <laughs> were you the kid that would see me at kmart and then like talk a bunch of smack at school and then i'd have to point out hey genius you were there, <laughs> you were there too, too. <laughs> yeah but i wasn't buying anything yeah oh i was just there with my grandma because that's what she buys right. all her underwear <laughs> and she eats in the kmart cafe <laughs> they do have those uh this the polar slushy thing with the polar bear on it no one oh, else had they did yep the things that turn was your it, whole mouth red was that the was, did they have that one or they, was it the uh the penguin they had the they had the polar bear right the, they had the polar bear yeah yeah, yeah. polar bear one wow, yeah oh rabbit trail uh, where the hell did we get that? Uh, <laughs> Trapper Keeper Glaives. Back to oh, the glaives, I'm right. the king of the galaxy, yes, yes. but I never have left crawl before. <laughs> and you were going to say something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I was going to say the Kmart Trapper Keeper. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my turn, we're, since we're talking about the glaive, I wanted to point this out. So one of my memories of this movie was how awesome that weapon was. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of things about it that I remembered before I Like they used it. it more than once? Okay, wait a second. Uh, the memories I have as a kid were, one, he reaches his hand in lava yeah. to pull it out, and then it breaks apart like the lava had solidified into stone around it. But as soon as he pulls it out and holds it up, like it magically bursts all that rock off because it's found its owner, and it's like this weapon of mythical power. Yeah. And yeah. And he like wears it on his belt and he's like, yeah. And he's like, Oh, this is going to be good. And then Obi-Wan says, I'm sorry. Uh, the old one says, Oh no, you can only use it when the time is right. AKA I'm the like, last five minutes of the motion like, picture. So now when I watch it, I'm like, he doesn't use it at all. But when he finally does use it, it's an ass kicking weapon. And my, I'm going to like to point out, he does use it against Slayers, and it, like, vaporizes them. And uh -huh. I'm like, why hasn't he been using this thing the entire movie? <laughs> yes, because apparently he listened to the old one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the whole thing is he, uses, he, he holds it on his belt the entire movie, doesn't use it at all, until the very end uh, when he's facing the Beast— and he uses it on a couple slayers mm -hmm. and he has it kind of fight the beast. It cuts the beast's arm, makes it bleed, and then it sticks in the beast's chest. The chest Never. was back. I couldn't tell. It was his chest okay. because remember at one point he grabs it and stands up. Okay. I may I'm I'm pretty sure I was awake for that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I it sticks in his chest and he thinks it's dead. And then for some weird, weird reason, he decides, oh, it's dead. I'm going to go over and poke it with a stick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, what I did find interesting was how once the glaive was really stuck in the beast, 
and he does that Jedi mind trick. I'm sorry. That thing where he like can like extend his hand and just use his mind and make the thing move. You know, kind of as an example, like an X-wing and, and Dagobah are connected. Yeah. Even, by the way, FYI, FYI, that was never established in any other part of the movie. I don't believe, unless I completely missed it, that he could it was. do That's that. That's when Obi Wan said it's waiting for you know the owner to claim it or whatever, waiting for it. And he then followed that up with it. By the way, you'll be able to do this really awesome Jedi mind trick where you make it come to back to you like a boomerang oh, so now you want them to go and explain stuff like that oh uh, yeah actually i would have loved if they explained it oh no no you're right i do not want them to explain that uh now i wanted them to explain that i don't know in the first 20 minutes of the movie so that when it happened to the very end i wouldn't go what the hell oh that's right this came out two months after jedi now I know. uh no wait a second wait a second wait a second Having control over a flying ninja star blade. That's stuck in something. Not like it's got, the boomerang thing I could take. It was the fact that he he straight up grabbed his temple and stuck his hand that. out and did this. Come on, rise out of Dagobah. Yes. Rise out of Dagobah. No, no, no. That <coughs> not. Or the swamp weird. of Dagobah. Yes, the swamp of Dagobah. I did write that down, by the way. <laughs> uh, that was not weird. That was not weird. Compared to somehow now. I have married flamethrower hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Firestar. She kind of did look like Firestar. Now I think about it. Yeah, I, I actually titled it right here's my note: uh, "Wedding Night Flamethrower." That's what. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like something kinky. <laughs> because when they were about to be married in the beginning, there's this kind of uh, ceremony where there's a bowl of water and they are reciting the wedding, you know, recitation. It's just kind of rhyming thing weird thing but it says take the fire from my hand and she reaches into the water pulls her hand up and there's this super awesome graphic of fire jumping on her hand and right before he can take it which we assume is kind of the consummation of the marriage which makes a final um that's when the slayers break in and, and that's when all hell breaks loose so at the very end of the movie when the beast gets up and he's awake he's alive even though the glaive is sticking in his chest they realize the only thing that's going to beat him is love. Yeah. They have to get married. So they do the ceremony, take the flame from my hand. So he takes the flame from her hand and suddenly it's a badass flamethrower that just comes right out of the palm of his hand. And he just fries wow. the beast with the flamethrower. He does. And <laughs> an interesting side note, would, do, would you find it, I don't know, a little euphemistic that on their wedding day, she basically passes her fire on to him. I don't know. I, I could, you could take that as almost like a chlamydia or gonorrhea reference that, you know, I pass my fire on to you. It, it like, is oh, so bad. <laughs> Why does it have to be green and gooey? <laughs> don't hit it with a mallet. <laughs> Never tell you the story that my dad told me. That's what they used to do back in the army. Oh, Oh no! That that somebody got gonorrhea, they would make them lay it out on a table. And oh my god! Don't they would ow. take a mallet because they had to clean. This is this is what he's telling me. La, la, I'm la, like la, I'm la, like la. seven. <laughs> Daddy, means a lot. What's gonorrhea? <laughs> well, son, let me tell you. Why do you know? Oh, never mind. <laughs> That's it. Was the '60s? Jordan. I was in the Air Force, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh god i was on the island of crete have you seen cretian women <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh God. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't get that. Um, <laughs> the, the wedding night fire thing, I thought was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I. I just don't know if I want my new bride, who I've just met, by the way. Yeah, uh, we haven't even gotten to find out the list of each other's previous partners. Uh, no. Telling me she's going to give me her fire. I, uh, ooh, no. Yeah. Uh, she did, however. Okay, there are a couple of uh, things that flashed through my head. Uh, looking at her or her parts of the movie. Number one, I thought she looked like uh, Merida from Brave. Uh, she looked like the girl from Brave, Disney's bit. Brave, the red hair. But even more so, she looked like the girl from uh, the Robin Hood movie, the parody one. Oh, Robin Hood and Tights. Oh, you mean uh, John Ritter's wife? <sighs> yeah. John Ritter's wife? Yeah, it was John Ritter's wife, and her name is completely escaping me right now. But you, do you remember? Yep. Like she had yeah, like she's a beautiful lady. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Like he would go up <laughs> and it, it would like push against her and hear bong. <laughs> yes, and at the very end of the movie, it was supposed to be like his key would unlock her yeah. belt, and yeah. then they're like, "Call the locksmith." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was expecting at the end of this is some kind of chastity belt moment um, there, but. <laughs> Not so much. Uh, alas. Um, so, so, so speaking speaking of her, oh, by the way, it was Amy Asbeck. That's it. That was who played Mary. John Ritter's wife. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, be, I believe that's that was John Ritter's wife. Uh, I'm going to go with you on this one. So um, hold on. Uh, yeah, I'm almost positive. Hold on. Let me look. I'm going to cheat. Mary John Ritter fun. at the Murphy Theater, Wilmington, Ohio. Yep. Because she was on that show with him the, that we passed away. What was the show called about the rules for dating my daughter or Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah, she was on the she played his wife on the show. Gotcha. So yes. Um, uh so speaking so I want to speak of the, the princess momentarily. Okay. <clears throat> did, you, did you recognize her from anything else? Uh nothing stuck out. <laughs> Sorry, it's too easy. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. Stuck in or yes, around. Yes. So did you see Look Who's Talking Now? I believe that was uh, the third. In about the, in the trilogy known as the look who's talking trilogy. i saw look who's talking and as i remember it was a fairly funny with john travolta right yes bruce willis as the baby's voice. as the baby's voice yep yeah. i remember that being funny uh i don't remember much about the sequels i know there look were who, sequels look who's talking to t-o-o with his little sister and then look who's talking now was the dogs I even right, say it out loud. On. Was Danny DeVito in that movie? He played the voice of a dog, I believe. Oh, okay. I I think I may have seen it. <laughs> but uh But you've tried to block it all out. I am. Yes, that's painful. So uh yeah, not so much. Yeah, Danny DeVito was the voice of rocks. Okay, yeah, I've sent memories of it, but that's it. And Diane so Keaton was, was Daphne. Yeah, she was. She played Samantha. And I believe she was the sort of conniving man grabber that was trying to take John Travolta away from Kirstie Alley or some uh, such crap. Gotcha. Some such nonsense. Okay. And I, I, I reckon, when I looked her up, I mean, if you look her up on IMDb, have you done that? Uh, no. All right, we'll see if you recognize her. Let's see. Lisette Anthony. Mm-hmm. L-Y-S-E-T-T-E. Oh, yeah, she does look familiar. Okay. Uh, beyond, obviously, beyond this movie. Yeah. Okay, now now real quick, um, go through her, her list around 1994 or 5-ish. Okay, so I see Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. She was in, yeah, she was in Tales from the Crypt. Uh, Forever in Burgess. I don't remember that one. 
Ambergus, Forever Ambergus, uh, Tales from the Crypt. It's an it's an episode. Look who's talking now. Mm-hmm. Face the music. Was that a dance movie? Um, I couldn't tell you, and I'm proud to say I can't tell you. I actually would sad is remember uh, Talos the Mummy. She was in that. It was like a, a mummy movie and misbegotten. I actually remember the video box for that. It was like one save of me. That's the one. Save me. I don't recall. But, but click, 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 yay. Hello, Vicka. <laughs> oh, it's Harry Hamlin. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm uh, the, uh, the cover who's a little, uh, hmm. An accountant beleaguered by personal and professional problems gets involved with a femme fatale and her mysterious psychiatrist. <laughs> Played by a Michael Ironside. Wait, my Michael Ironside? Yeah. Wait, All right. Wait, wait, my, my first user review. A well-made erotic thriller. Save Me is a well-made psychosexual drama typical of the erotic thrillers made in the 90s. There were erotic thrillers made in the 90s? Yeah. There was a kind of a spate of them. Mm. Not that I know. <laughs> right. Yeah, but anyway, so needless to say... <laughs> They uh they underutilized her in crawl, in my opinion. Uh, real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, she was Eric Roberts and Michael Rooker in the hard truth. Yeah, the hard, hard truth. It can kill you. No, it was not a psychosexual. Actually, thriller. that one was listed as being a little risque as well, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, but save me definitely. Uh. I'm not saying that uh, it's on YouTube or anything. <laughs> I will not watch it. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so I have a couple other uh, appearances. Yes. We mentioned a handful. Um, um, we talked about, I didn't recognize, I actually thought that the guy that played the seer, he was kind of the blind soothsayer, the one who could yeah, see. I, that really kind of confused me because you had the old guy, the old one or whatever, the Obi-Wan Kenobi guy. And then all of a sudden you have the seer. I'm like, really? You guys needed two to fill this archetype? You couldn't. Right. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Like it would have worked better if it was just a. Yeah. Almost like the witches that were in Clash of the Titans seer yes. type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, They yeah. did kind of go to. They eventually went to uh, the Widow, the Black Widow, mm-hmm. Spider Woman kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what they called her. But anyway. Um, the Woman of the up, Web. Wasn't it like the Woman wo- of the Web. Yep. That's right. Um, widow, Widow, looked, Widow, Widow, Widow. Not Woman, sorry, my bad. Widow, widow. of the Web, yeah. Yep. Um, which, as we find out, turns out that it's actually the ex-lover of Obi-Wan uh, who he knocked her up, took off. She was mad at him. When the baby was born, she killed the baby, and her punishment was to live in the center of this giant web with this um, albino spider that looks like he came from the movie Arachnoquake. Yeah, and, but, uh, but that also made a very weird sound, as I recall. Yes, this kind of chittery sound, which is odd because, you know, obviously spiders don't make a sound, So, but when movies have these giant spiders, they, they feel like, feel I like guess it would be weird just to have it quiet. Yeah, but they feel like they have to have it make some sound and, yeah. you know, but um, anyway, so <clears throat> she she kind of was the second seer mm-hmm. uh, and Obi-Wan went to her and said, um, you know, help me. And she's like, I, I betrayed you. I'm so sorry. And he's like, I've already forgiven you. I love you. And she's like, oh, we're both going to die and sacrifice ourselves for this and goes off. Now, you said that there was the girl. Because she kind of transforms from the old woman into back to the young woman again. Mm-hmm. Did you recognize no, her? No. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you no, knew. Lizette, Lizette Anthony, I did, but I didn't. 
recognize the. Oh widow. no, no, because um, they actually said the, the 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 woman of the web was had the same name as uh, Lissa. Remember? Yeah, yeah. So Princess Lissa was Lindsay Krauss. Uh, no, no, Lindsay. No, that's what's funny. Lindsay Krauss. She the old woman? Nope. She did the voice. They dubbed over Lissette Anthony's Uh-oh. English accent. And they really? dubbed they dubbed over somebody whose name I'm not going to say yet because you're going yeah, yeah. to mention him. But they dubbed over his voice as well. That I can believe. But they don't even list the... Lindsay Krauss. If you scroll way down in the end credits... No, no. It, I mean the woman... Uh, the, the old woman? The, the, they don't have the widow? Well, they have Francesca Annis, who I assume was the young woman... Maybe. Uh, of the, oh, the it was probably the, the same lady. They probably just had her in makeup. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think that was just oh, makeup. Okay. Yeah. Wow, they did pretty good because she actually looked. Oh like no, yeah, she lady. did. Yeah, she looked pretty, uh, pretty rough. Okay. Um. So they had her. The other one was, which I'll go ahead and mention now. Uh, there was a one of the Merry Men. Yep. Because uh, they really did look kind of like a Robin Hood band, and they yeah. were robbers. And, and, and let's be honest. To me, Colwyn, the guy, the actor who plays him. He's Ken? kind of a Robin Hoodie. Dude, he, yeah. look, he looks uh, like uh, Errol Flynn. He does, yeah. He's thin. Ken he's Marshall. Kinda, yep, yep, definitely. Um, Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, and, and they dubbed his voice over, too. As well. Really? Okay. Yep, his voice was dubbed over. Uh, yep. Yeah, because he wasn't, he didn't have a very thick British accent. It was It was very Americanized. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was very young and, of course, very short. He's Is not Robbie wearing... Coltrane Scottish? Or is he... English. Um, I don't know. Someone's going to point this out. I know he's Maggie, from the UK. Help us out he, here. He could be. He could be Scottish. Um, his accent in Harry Potter sounds Scottish, but that could be played just for the movie. Yeah. So I don't know for sure. I didn't look him up, but it's funny because he's kind of got this fade, flat top uh, haircut in the movie. Um, and it's uh, just Glass- Gla- uh, don't don't mean to interrupt, but this just in. He was born, born in a suburb of Glasgow, Scotland. Okay, so he is Scottish. All right. Hell um, yeah. <laughs> Robertson, you know, I kind of have a that thing. Right. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> um, so I got nothing. Like my, I'm like, I have like everything. Oh, I, I am too. But I mean, at least my last name is connected to something. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. I think we're horse groomers. The royal bush needs waxing. Send <laughs> in the grooms. <laughs> How did you get your last name? <laughs> Daddy, how did we get our last name? Well, we were actually connected to royalty. Um, how do I put this delicately? Well, son, you see, the royal bush need trimming. <laughs> so we, we actually, it's not a Brazilian wax. No. Uh, it's a British wax. Yeah, it's a British wax. And, and honestly... So we groomed, we groomed them and we'd pick out the nits, all sorts of wonderful things. Sort of, sort of like uh, little apes. By the way, go see Dawn of the uh, Planet of the Apes. Excellent movie. And then we oh, go nice. through, they go, we go through, and then we developed this reputation as the groomers. And there was many of us, so they called us the grooms. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's where your name came from. Admit it. There'd be a party you'd go, hell yeah. Uh, that would be hell kind of. yeah. Uh, no. No. <laughs> All right. So the biggest name that was in this movie, uh, bigger than Robbie Coltrane, uh, was a very young Liam Neeson. Yep. And they didn't dub his voice. No. He's it Irish. Was all on him. Um, so this was 83. Mm-hmm. 
he was 31 hmm. uh, when this movie came out. So it was uh, obviously well before his, you know, he hit it, I would say, big. Well, yeah, because you could, um, even I would argue he had he, he didn't hit it big until because Darkman wasn't big. So it would have been after it was definitely in the 90s. Oh, Schindler's List. What am I saying? That's when he hit it big. You think that was? His yep, that was it. That was the moment. Big one? Yeah, because not only was it obviously a Spielberg movie and a major hit, but it, he won the Academy Award or at least not. Did he win or was he nominated? I know he was nominated. I don't remember if he won it or not. Remember, and then I remember Nell right after that, which is actually a pretty good movie. I don't yeah. know if you've seen oh, that. I, think a long I, time. I, I did. I actually remember when it came out. I saw it when it came out. I haven't seen it since. But all I remember is like Haputnay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the day, day. It's like blowing like a K in the wind. Blowing like a K in the wind. <laughs> God, you know we're insensitive pricks. You're going to hell with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I find that funny. I don't either. <sighs> um, yeah, he did. A, I know he's done a lot before that, um, but there, there weren't there weren't a lot that I remembered. Uh, although he did have an uncredited role in Delta Force, so oh yeah, count for something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, he was in this, uh, very young as one of the merry men as well. Mm -hmm. And then the last, uh, other big name, um, well, I don't say big name, but other person was recognizable, uh, uh, was Bernard Breslau, um, who was the, he played the Cyclops, mm. uh, in it, but, um, uh, and I would uh, like to point out the only things I remembered, cause this is another one that I, I think they played on HBO on a loop when I was a kid as well. Yeah. Assuming that was your experience with it. Is that how you saw it was HBO? Or did you guys have a uh, video? Pro? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had an HBO, and then we recorded it onto a VHS tape uh, on SP <laughs> with a label. And listen, here's how we did movies back then. I was in charge of labels. Mm. So when we recorded a movie off HBO on a VHS tape, I would write the name and then draw some little doodle. That nice. Did you, did, did you do it? Did you draw the glaive? I did. For for Ghostbusters, I was very proud of myself. I actually did the uh, the the backpack oh. and had that. Um, but for this, I actually drew the glaive. That was the symbol I drew for this one. But we had it on VHS. But it was basically an HBO. Uh, I watched it on HBO. Yeah, that, that was how I remember seeing it. But the Cyclops, specifically his crushing scene, which I found traumatic as a child. I that, did too. That was the only thing I remember. That the glaive itself and the widow part, like the spider. I just remember that there was this old lady and a spider and a guy on the spider web. And like that's all I remembered of this movie. That's it. Really? That's it. And the crushing of the the main thing though was the crushing of this. Like I was waiting for that. I completely forgotten about the tiger, which before I forget, A was that the same tiger from Beastmaster? Because this would have been the same year. <laughs> that just reinforced my Beastmaster reference when I saw that. Yeah. So. And B was it me or was there a scene where there was the kid and the tiger in like the exact same physical space with nothing between them? And the tiger's head was pretty much laying on that kid's lap. Um, okay. You ready? Here's my note on that. Uh, I think the tiger was drugged. Oh yeah. I, I wrote it down too. I said he had to be sedated. <laughs> yeah, He wasn't moving. He was just kind of laying yeah. there. Yeah. There's no way. Why would you put a kid with a tiger? It probably uh, was the same tiger. That poor tiger. Jeez. Yeah, it could have been. Wait, didn't we say something in our Beastmaster episode about that tiger? Yeah, the tiger the died because they friggin' died it with that black crap, and I think oh, yeah. it poisoned it over time. Tiger died, so yeah. but I don't know if it would have died. You know, but maybe it would be in the same period. time period. I mean, they could the tiger could have been in more than one movie. This was only one sequence that it was in in this movie. Could have been. Could have been. And but. and the other thing I wanted to point out on a dangerous level, the Clydesdale scene. Did, was it me or did that look? Like it wasn't because you could see that that was Liam Neeson and the other guys actually doing the yeah. stunts. Like it wasn't stunt guys. It seemed like it was the actors 
running around. You mean the part where they were kind of chasing them? Yes. And they were all in that yeah, little It was like in a, in a typical around. movie, you would have wild horses and they're grabbing the horse. Or tra- These are freaking Clydesdales that they're trying to break. Uh, sorry, they were, what were they called? Fire mares. Oh my God. Which made me think, how do you have an entire uh, herd of mares? Can't really have babies. I love that that's where you're hung up, not the fire part. Oh, no, that was awesome. You know what? That That's the Dark Crystal moment for okay. me. Okay. Because they were all riding striders. F- FYI, FYI, why was there no fire when they were trying to catch them? Because you got to get on open space. Oh, you have to get out. And, and it has to be like dusk. You have to have that awesome, like, early 80s dusk shot. <laughs> And then, by the way, you have to totally be like close up on everybody, so it totally looks like they're doing it, except it's obviously rear screen projection. <laughs> Which, by the way, bad idea. Watching this movie immediately following Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, bad. Oh, idea. you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, here's the nerd that I am. When they were um, uh, talking about, they have to get to the castle, and they know where it's at now because the spider woman, the woman of the widow of the web told them yeah. it's going to be in this, this place, right? I forget where it was. They said, it's a thousand leagues away. How are we going to get there? Oh, the fire mares will ride them. And I, <laughs> here's what, uh, here's what I did. <clears throat> uh, a thousand leagues is approximately 3,452 miles. Oh uh, and I assumed that that would be overnight that they traveled to get there because it was kind of dusk when they were getting the fire mares. It disappeared at dawn. So they had about six to eight hours to get there, which means those horses were traveling at approximately 460 miles an hour. <laughs> this is the exact moment that I wish I had some kind of like Johnny Lawrence, William Zabka <laughs> quotes queued up. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm like, and now we're gonna do the pussy toss for distance. Oh my god, that's awesome! <laughs> so what you're saying is the fire mares could have totally pulled it off. They could have 400 miles an hour. It's not even the speed of sound. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and plus, you know, when they run, it's fire, and God fire. help them if they fart. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Jay, um, any other key points you'd like to bring out about this this oh, oh so uh, original motion picture? Uh, let's see. Uh, no, the only other note I had was something about when they were in Dagobah. I mean, in the swamp part, <laughs> and the, um, the evil doppelganger of the, the seer uh, had those black the eyes. Changeling. Yes, that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. That black eye Yeah, thing. I believe it. Yeah, that was pretty unsettling. <laughs> and then later, he meets this random girl when they uh, are kind of meeting up with other villagers, and she has the same black eye thing. You know what that For reminded some- me of? That show Supernatural, The Demons. That's what they do whenever they close their eyes and open them and to reveal that they're, they're a demon. black. They're totally black. Yeah, that freaks me out. Like, or did when I was a kid. That yeah. totally yeah, freaked me out. That was scary looking. It's creepy. Yeah, so that's the only other note I don't think we've covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's uh, I think that pretty much covers it for me. I, I didn't have a lot of notes. So should I let the kitty cat out of the proverbial groom's bag o grooming tools? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> My exact feeling is this. I remember this movie as a kid. I remember liking it. But I also had this weird sense of memory. I, your Beastmaster point is actually very apropos because I think for a while as a kid, I would mix this and Beastmaster up. Specifically, the reaching in for the glaive and the lava and the eyeball soup thing in Beastmaster. Yeah. Those yep. images like blended together at some point in my head. So 
Was there also a big stump in which someone reached in uh, trying to find a green monster? That no, only because I hadn't seen Flash Gordon, but that would have happened had I seen it at that time. <laughs> yes, because they all had the same feel to them. Yeah, and, and I know that uh, Kevin Spencer had actually said he did not see this until recently to produce the always awesome show art for the show. Thanks, Kev. All right. Oh, you hadn't seen it at all? He, he, I don't think he'd ever seen it. And he oh, said wow. he wanted to because he loves Flash Gordon so much and people had compared the two. Having seen Flash Gordon, here's what I thought. Having seen Flash Gordon recently, relatively speaking, because we saw it a couple years ago, yep. that's the first time I'd ever yep. seen it, and so I didn't grow up with that one, and I really liked it. It was campy, it was goofy, but it was very entertaining. Yeah. This movie bored me. Now, I will add the couple, I have some key caveats that I feel weird about with this movie. I thought it was beautiful. I thought, even though I, I only somewhat am being somewhat facetious when I say, oh, I saw it right after Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I had seen that earlier in the day and I literally three hours later watching Crawl. So even though that comparison, which Dawn's effects are off the charts great, yeah, it yeah. still held up surprisingly well. There were certain things like the the fire mares or whatever they're called that was yeah, yeah. didn't work quite well, but there was a few things that I thought looked great. The cinematography was a phenomenal the music was phenomenal the acting and the was, design the, the act, design the, stuff look, was oh, yeah, the production design i even wrote that down production art design off the charts like the inside great. of that castle was really cool yeah. visually had... like i could as a, as a work of art like you could see the artistry yeah. and a lot of that stuff i i would give this movie like a four just for that yeah here's the thing if i'm being honest like would i ever want to sit through this thing again because <laughs> i guess here's what I, i'm trying to figure this out about myself because I don't think I hate fantasy movies. Because I there's plenty of movies and TV shows and things like that are total fantasy. I think it's the the tone. Like I'm not a fan of that sort of sword and sorcery, Arthur, you know, the Arthurian legend. I just, yeah, I don't, you know, the yeah. Lord of the Rings type stuff. I appreciate it. I, and folks, just let me lay it out of the bag. I, I like Harry Potter. I I I like it. I don't hate it. I get why everybody else that's into it is into it. It's just for me, it's like eh. It's yeah, a ma- it's I think it's the magic thing. Huh? I got it. It's just not your good space. Because yeah. you really, really like the tech side of sci-fi. Yeah, and like and even the, even even if it's not like like uh, something like the Planet of the Apes, just since it's there. What I loved about that was there was a tech element to it, but I also like it when like science fiction is grounded closely to current reality. Like Terminator. Right. There's a heavy tech side to Terminator, but it's still for 1984. It was like it was in that space and in that time. There was a sense of reality to it. I think I I get it. It's the magic part that I'm always like. And I think what it is, too, with this movie, I felt the archetype angle like with Star Wars. Obviously, all the characters are the classic archetypes. You got the rogue. You got the hero. You got the old man mentor. You've got all the everything's the princess. You got it all covered. But it was done in such an interesting, unique way for that time. This movie to me felt like. It was trying to have all that, but it didn't bother going past archetype. Like the guy, the main guy, Ken Marshall's uh, character, Colwyn, he was boring. Like he was not a good hero, in my opinion. I would have had Liam, a guy like Liam Neeson, who looks a little off, like a little goofy, like somebody who wasn't uh, predictable in that role. Then this, he was, he was yeah. like a good-looking guy, and that's about it. Like there was nothing else going on there. And they didn't get the right, princess so, Jack Squat to do. So taking all that into consideration, yes. what would you give it as a rating? A two. And and I would say, but here's the key: a two for me. I'd say for people who like this kind of movie and would appreciate all the other stuff, I'd say it's a solid three plus, like you know, three three five for yeah. those folks. For me personally, it's a two. Like I would take it about this. Eh, yeah, yeah. I get. I, I agree. I don't I, hate it. it. I don't hate the movie. No, it's not 
bad. No, There's I don't think it's bad. And then, no. in a way, that's the other problem. Like, at least Flash Gordon is campy, goofy, which was yeah. fun for me. This movie, I literally found myself bored and, like, I'm seriously, like, just sitting there. And I almost never do this when I'm watching something for our show. I'm, I'm like... Like looking through IMDb, and I'm like, oh, let me see if there's any trivia. Yeah, it was paced. It was paced a little slow. Um, I did. I liked it for the exact reasons you pointed out. The things I liked were I love the production design. Uh, I felt a lot of um, the lines and the curves. Yeah. Um, who's the guy? The guy that designed Alien, the, the oh, Alien. H.R. Geiger or Geiger. Yes. Yeah. I, I felt some cool, sharp lines around that. Um, I, I liked the cinematography was gorgeous. I liked the feel. I think they did some cool stuff with some of the uh, the sets. But you're right. It was a little slow. Um, it wasn't the best movie I've seen that we've covered in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the last year or anything. But, but, it, but it held up for you probably stronger than you expected it, it to, which added something that to it. That, yes. Yeah. It surprised me that I, that I didn't. I get hate it. it. Um, see, you know what's funny? So, I remembered as I was watching, I remember thinking to myself, you know what? As a kid, I remember thinking this was boring. Yeah, like, yeah. That was the no, thought I, I had. It. Yeah. yeah. So I would give it a three and a half. Okay. I would give it a solid three and, and a half. And I think, and again, it's, if you're somebody who really enjoys that kind of thing, I would, I could totally see you digging it. I just, yeah. and it's not that, yep. it, what's funny is it's not like I hate every movie that falls in that genre, and I don't hate them at all, actually. I enjoyed all the Lord of the Rings movies, but am I the type of person that's going to watch them over and over again, and I love them, and I'm going to read every, eh, no. Not yeah. really. I appreciate yeah. it. Like The Hobbit. I've yet to see The Hobbit because I'm like, eh. I mean, when I got people who love it telling me, yeah, it's, you know, it's really pretty, and but it does take forever to get gone. I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Three hours? Oh, come on, Jackson. Yeah. Peter Jackson, make like The Frighteners 2 or Bad Taste 2 or Meet the make Feebles 2. Make a 90-minute movie, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, That's yeah. all I'm asking. Oh, yeah, apparently, yeah, like King Kong. That, that movie could have lost at least 45 minutes on the boat. Oh, my God. It could have lost an hour. On the boat. On the boat, yes. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so yes, I again did not hate the movie, but for yep, me, gotcha. if you're if you're somebody who is just kind of meh or kind of lukewarm for that kind of thing, you're probably a bit like the Beast. I thought that looked cool. I mean, the effects were all for the most part were great. Like I said, it's just it's one of the things that it was more just because it didn't really bored me. It just I wasn't that into it. That's what I, I put it. Yeah, hence my comment about maybe I should watch Ice Pirates before we do the show. <laughs> <laughs> but thank uh, you, Peter. I still am glad you sent it to me. So I'm gonna watch the extras. Oh yeah. I want to see the extras. I'll watch I'd actually like to. See, I'm more excited to see like how they made the movie than the movie itself. Than the movie itself. Yeah, right. that's the kind of movie it is for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So did you did you come up with a pick? The connection. Well, I did, but for uh, retro sort of purposes, there's something I have to do first. And I need to find the one where it's a toilet flushing and you hear yippee. (laughs) Yeah. Now, now the other thing was, and I completely neglected. So if you're hearing this now, you've already heard it, but for Jason, since he hasn't, uh, I meant to play this earlier. Hold on. (laughs) Nice. Oh, excuse me. Wrong one. (laughs) This one. Spoiler alert, please. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oops. Wait. Damn it. You know what? Never mind. I'm going to have to cut this whole part out. I, I did, it didn't matter. I didn't have it queued up right anyway. I have uh, the one with the original one where I like drive out. I'll play it next week. Excuse anyway, me, please. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, edit.
Yeah, edit, because we got to roll. We got two minutes. Yeah, yeah okay. All right. <laughs> Meg's All right. on iPhone. So, yes. Yeah, so, Jay, what is your movie pick? All right. So, uh, I haven't mentioned this in a long time, but I am a huge fan of movie scores mm-hmm. and soundtracks. Not, you know, not just the pop songs, but really the actual scores. I love John Williams and, uh, um, uh, we've talked a lot about, um, John Carpenter's movies and some of those. So, uh, this one to me had James Horner. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Oh, I could go with some huge epics. He's done some fantastic scores and big movies. Um, but there was a tie in that, just knocked me to the floor because we just talked about this and I just talked about it with my kids. Um, there's a Disney movie that is creepy to me, just like this movie kind of had that disturbing element. I'm writing down the title now because I know what it is, but continue. It's something wicked this way comes. Yep. Awesome. Um, and I think it was, uh, real close to the same year, 1983. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Uh, so he was the conductor for the for this the um, soundtrack for that. But it's this very dark movie about a carnival that comes to town and uh, people disappear, yep. and and uh, it, it's kind of this twisted movie about people whose unsatiated desires and uh, uh, this carnival fulfills them, but they have to pay a price to get their wish. Uh, you know, so you've got the old woman who wants to be young again, but then she's blind and can't see her own beauty, and uh, the guy who wants his arm and his leg back, which he lost in the war, but he gets them back, but he's a child again. So it's, I I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I just remember it being feeling disturbing. And it's been, it's based on the uh, classic Ray Bradbury book, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and has Jason Robards in it uh, as the dad. And I don't remember anybody else in it. Cause I, again, haven't seen it a long time, but James Horner did, it was the conductor for that as well. So um, it was kind of a neat connection for the creepy factor. The only time I remember seeing that is I was at a summer camp and it was one of those where you're at a summer camp. So of course you'd expect that they'd have you out playing, but no, they would stick us in a room for a couple hours, I guess, to go out (laughs) and and, and make out Friday the 13th style. And they would let us watch a movie. This one I remember seeing adventures in babysitting. That's how I saw that. There's a oh, couple wow. of, yeah. That's sad camp. Yeah, he was, it was, that's actually what it was called. How'd you know? Sad, sad stood for something. <laughs> Sexually active delinquents, I think is. Something like that. Yeah, something I got like it. that. <laughs> so anyway, that's mine. That's something a good we, pick, man. Comes, 1983. Okay, well, I'm going to jump right into mine, and I'm going to jump in deep. Real deep. Because <laughs> it's the deep. deep. <laughs> From uh, 1977. Based on the book by Mr. Peter jaws benchley oh really yep it was directed by peter yates who also directed our motion picture we discussed this evening mm-hmm. Kroll. and it's interesting because Kroll is like the only fantasy sci-fi type of movie he made all the other things were either thrillers or actiony yeah. adventure kind of movies but i might even say adventure more than the action cop thriller right. genres so <clears throat> Excuse me. The, the 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 gist of it is there are this young couple played by Nick Nolte and Jacqueline Bissett, and they get involved with looking for treasure. And the only things I remembered about it were a Jacqueline Bissett in a white wet T-shirt sans anything else. <laughs> oh, and Robert Shaw is in it. He's like they're the the he's he's not Quint, but it's sort of like a Quint like role. Like he's the one yeah, that takes as I remember gotcha. he takes him out. I have not seen this movie in probably 
25, 30 years easy. But I really, going back through it, I'm like, I really want to watch again. And <laughs> it's one of those movies that was PG, but seriously, as much as she's in that white t-shirt, like, why bother? Yeah. And, and the other thing I remember, Louis Gossett Jr. is in it. And I, the only thing I remember is, mild spoiler alert, because I don't remember who it is, but there's an eel that like bites somebody on their head and they're, I want to say it must be, I don't know, it's somebody that is, I want to say it's bald, so the assumption would be it's Louis Gossett Jr., but I'm not sure about that. And this is my memory. And I remember it bites his head, like he's like devouring it, and like it, it freaked me out. Like as eating his brain? Like, no, like just like he bites him in the head, like it's going to like swallow him or something. Ugh. Yeah. Like attacked wow. him. Like that's my memory. I don't remember if it's a white guy, if it's a black guy, I have no idea. I just remember somebody with like a bald head getting bit. And of course, now that I have one, you know, it's a, it's, uh. a, it's, a, it's a sticking point. <laughs> But if for no other reason, don't see go it. swimming with the shrieking eels. Exactly, <laughs> and and if, if for no other reason, see it because of uh, Jacqueline Bissett. I mean, seriously, <laughs> and a wet T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So good stuff. The deep. That is my pick. I'm, I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah, I think you actually. I think you like it because it's you know deals with the you know the underwater environment. I think you uh, like yeah. it. I think you'd like it. You know how I feel about uh, Peter Benchley stuff. So yeah, and I mean it's got Robert Shaw in it. So there obviously is another uh, connection. That's true too. Yep. Wow. Very good. Yes, indeedy, my friend. So would you like to uh, hit him with a little Jason-style knowledge? Uh, yes. Check us out at ForgottenFlicks.com. That's Flicks with an X. You find everything there you need, all of our cool stuff. Yeah. Um, Ways to contact us. Yes, all that stuff is on there. Where we, where we do our social media crap, all that's on yep. there. Yeah. Um, but I did want to point out one quick thing. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I also um, am starting my own business, and uh, it's keeping me fairly busy. Um, I write kids science books. So if you'd like to check it out and see some of the stuff that I've written, you can check me out at kidquestadventures.com. Um, I've got some cool stuff up there. So thank you, Joel, for letting me pimp that out well, on the show. Well, but- it's it's more, more than my pleasure, and I will say in a moment of <laughs> lucidity and seriousness, <laughs> which I seldom have. <laughs> I would like to point out, I can vouch the books are friggin' awesome. I know because I helped rotate their covers. That's right, people. <laughs> I did my part. Do yours, damn it. Buy a one. And I and I am too, by the way. I still have not officially bought one from him, even though we're like, you know, like best friends and all. It's his book, and I really should. I'm kind of a dick. So yes, I'm going to buy it because it's awesome. Seriously. So if you have kids, if you're you like science, if you like zoos and bugs and all sorts of cool crap, I say you buy the Kid Quest books because they're freaking awesome. Thank you, sir. Was that a single pitch? I don't even know. That <laughs> That's was, pretty good. Edgy. I'll put the five dollars in the mail tomorrow. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> so yes, I highly recommend it, and uh, I'm going to even want to put something up on the on the site in the sidebar so you can get it there as well. So very good. That that is the plan. And uh, any any other final, lasting, memorial type words? Uh, I was going to do the whole. I am short of stature, but tall in character and wide of girth and shallow of words but i didn't write it down <laughs> yet somehow you remembered and uh, <laughs> and and on this little easter egg note i there's one thing i forgot to play for you Wow, what video game were you playing? Crawl. <laughs> that was the that was sound sound effect. That it, was really a video game. That was a crawl. The crawl. The eight bit sound from the crawl game. Oh. Yeah. Go on YouTube.
believe you're it. You're going to have to send me that link. Believe yeah. it, it exists. Oh, that's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and you're, while you're there, you can uh, throw your notebook glaives at it. I will. <laughs> I'm going to have to look up a YouTube video on how to make uh, notebook paper throwing stars now. So thank you very much. <laughs>